Welcome to the Soul Seed Podcast, where soul meets strategy. Every week, I, your host, Sabrina Greer, have activated conversations with multi-passionate, soul-led thought leaders about their journey of growth from seed to soul's purpose. Every successful book, brand, business, podcast, product, or program starts as a seed, an idea planted into the soul of its creator. Be inspired by those who've led before us, six, seven, eight-figure entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, top-rated podcasters, and multifaceted humans. Be empowered by their humble beginnings and expanded by their tenacity and spirit. Join us in the frequency of abundance as we go to the story roots of these powerhouses. Learn how to apply and leverage the Soul Seed Method in the creation of your very own legacy. Let's go. Hey, hello, and welcome to the Soul Seed Podcast. I am so excited today to welcome such a special guest. And it makes so much sense that you're one of my very first guests on a brand new show because you've just been such a huge part of my journey, such a huge part of our journey as a company, our expansion, our growth, everything. It, it started with Lise Wilcox. <laughs> so it's just, I couldn't be more honored and grateful and excited to have you here on the show with us today talking about your soul seed because we all know like that's changed <laughs> and grown and developed and you know before the show we were just talking about expansion and mm-hmm. and growth and how we outgrow things and I think that's such a, a great place to start the conversation. So first I'm just gonna do a quick introduction and then I'll let you introduce yourself because you know then we'll get to know you at a soul level and that's really what we're going for. But just for, for formality's sake. Um, I'm going to do a quick, quick introduction of the one and only Lise Wilcox. <laughs> so Lise helps women make more money. Who doesn't want that? She's a dynamic speaker, a two-time international best-selling author, a results-focused embodied wealth coach, and she works passionately with her clients to close the gap between self-worth and net worth. I'm so excited to talk about this because money's been, you know, one of those things that comes mm-hmm. up so often as business owners, as women, you know, we, we hear these conversations all the time. So I'm going to stop talking and let you do a little introduction <laughs> of yourself of what all of that means, what I just said, and then we'll start this awesome conversation. Oh, I love it. And I'm also equally as excited to be here because I forgot that I was number one. I forgot that I was the first book. That's so cool. Um, so what does that all mean? I mean, you you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I help women make more money. And what I have found actually in the first book, it's like kind of the origin story of, um, I was at this point in my life when I was lying on the floor with my three like little girls in our quote unquote, perfect kitchen, perfect house with the, you know, this good looking husband in the kitchen. And that from the outside looking in, everything just looked so perfect. And I remember having this moment of like, what the fuck is wrong with me if this isn't enough for me? And I got this like my kind of my first big download that was like, nothing will be enough for you until you are enough for you. And that really set off this like catalyst for this chain of events that followed in terms of, yes, first getting a divorce, but then really what it meant was like rebuilding myself. And over um, over the last several years, Rebuilding myself has also looked like building a business and kind of refining it and refining it and refining it, constantly remaining true to being in service of others in the very best way I possibly can. And what I have found 
um, is that there is such a huge gap between people's self-worth and their net worth. And we focus so intensively on like, how do I make more money? Because like once I once I hit this milestone, then that'll be enough. And then I hit that milestone, milestone. Oh shit, I now have to hit another milestone. And that still doesn't feel like enough. And for me, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna help you make more money. And secretly, I'm going to help you feel really, truly holy and accepting of yourself along the way so that we can find out what enough really looks like and feels like for you so that you can feel not only responsible in your earning or confident in your earning, responsible in your spending, but also really deeply aligned and content with who you are at the at the center of it all. Mm, I love that so much. It's so powerful because you know, we see so many varying versions of business coaching, money coaching, what's happening in the world. You know, there's almost a divide in in what I'm seeing where, you know, people talk about money and it's kind of frowned upon. And then people talk about money and it's a celebration of money because that, you know, helps your mindset. And, you know, I work with a CFO and she is always telling me to date my money and, you know, make it sexy and like always telling me these things. And for me, that was really challenging because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've shared with you my money stories, but it goes way back having, you know, a blue collared father who worked the night shift and a mother who was a homemaker and stayed at home. So for me, money was always hard to come by. My money wound ran deep around, you know, people who had money were part of the problem you know, the rich got richer and the poor got poorer and money doesn't grow on trees. And, you know, these are the expressions of the mm-hmm. young child that were really embedded into my vision of what was acceptable and what wasn't acceptable. Women stayed home, they cared for the children and men went out to work and they worked damn hard. And, you know, there's this divide around it. So, and I see this so much in the industry. And then on the flip side of that, I see so many coaches posting about, it was a $3 million year and I'm taking my private Uh jet to go here. And, you know, there's a lot of controversy around that. So I'd love to hear, you know, knowing you and seeing your evolution Uh and, you know, you, you've always at the root of who you are, you've been a coach that supports, you know, people in their growth, whether that's mindset, NLP work, you know, you, you've done so much to help people. And I, I love seeing this sort of new focus on money. So what are your thoughts mm-hmm. around the industry and, and what you see when it comes to, you know, money coaching and business coaching and talking openly about, you know, what we're earning and all of that? I'd love to just hear a couple of thoughts. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Yes. <Okay. laughs> I think that a lot of it is smoke and mirrors, like really and truly. I think so much of it is smoke and mirrors. I think that we've created this like stage on which we fetishize wealth. And again, we focus on something that is totally outside of ourselves and we're using that as the metric. Even like uh, I made $300 million this year, like therefore I am a success speaks in no way to, but who am I the human? And do I feel satisfied? And do I feel content? You know, do I feel like I'm worthy of that? Do I feel safe and secure? Do I feel loving, loving and loved? Like that doesn't come up usually at all over there. And then the other camp is like, it's more overt scarcity that, you know, like you don't need very much. Don't worry about it. You don't, it's okay to stay like playing small. You don't have to dream really big. Like you don't, 
And it's, it's like scarcity in one way, but it's also scarcity in the other way. It's just two opposite ends of the same scarcity spectrum that really puts the focus outside of you. So from where I stand, I feel like it was only about a hundred years ago that women first got the right to vote, which means only about a hundred years ago, women were effectively service or servants to men. Like women either made their food, um, offered sexual favors, like cleaned their house, like raised their children. Like women were a tool for men to use. And that has shaped so much of how we relate to our finances. That's an old, old, old pattern that we in the patriarchy that we are still figuring out how to overcome and still figuring out how to heal in our own intergenerational trauma patterns and lineage. So if we can now look, we've got like a lot of scarcity messaging coming at us from two totally different directions. We're working with within a patriarchal system that actually does tend to favor members of a very particular group. And we're working against a whole lot of inner wounding or like our past programming. Where do we strike the balance? Well, for me, where we strike the balance is again, like what is your soul calling for you to do? And what is that purpose? And what is required of you? Uh, what do you need? What kinds of tools and supports you need to put that purpose into action? And what are the self-sabotaging blocks, beliefs, patterns, whatever, that are holding you back from realizing that? So for me, it's so holistic because money has been largely a taboo subject. And I think it arguably still is. Why is that? Well, if we start to talk about how much or how much we're making or not making, we start to find out that men really are overpaid by what 20% on average, right? If we start to talk about how much we're making, it, it's like that could threaten other people who are um, who stand to benefit from us not making very much money. So just like any other taboo, like money has been in that taboo realm where it's not okay to talk about it. So what if we kind of strip away the shame and we start talking about it in a way that actually serves to bolster our own relationship with money and our relationship with finances. People think so often that when we're talking about money, we're only talking about like the IQ, like what are the tools, what are the investments, like what do we do with it? 80% of wealth and wealth building is the EQ. It's understanding how do I feel about money? How did my mother feel about money? How did my father feel? How did my stepmother feel? How did my grandparents feel? And what imprint did that have on me? And how do those imprints now affect my relationship to money? You know, how do I how do I kind of narrow down the focus with all these external focus, uh, all um, external pressures and messages and really focus on like, what do I want my relationship with money and finances to be like? Well, for me to be clear on that, I have to be allowed to talk about it. And I have to be allowed to surround myself with other people who also want to talk about it. For, I don't know, how many hundreds of years, women largely have not been able to participate in that conversation because it, quote unquote, wasn't for us. And if you get excluded from a conversation over and over again by a system that design, is designed to kind of keep you down, they can then gaslight you into thinking you are such an idiot that you don't know what you're talking about. And that further shames a lot of women into thinking, I don't belong here. 
I shouldn't be talking about this. Therefore, I'll stay on my own little island, not knowing what I'm doing. I want to blow all of that up purely from the, the perspective that every relationship in our life is built on the foundation of the relationship we have with ourselves. So if I can help people get real clarity, courage, confidence in, in who they are and change the relationship to themselves through the front door of let's find out how to make you more money and change your relationship to money, what we're actually doing is like interrupting this long-held pattern of oppression and exclusion and getting more people to join the conversation of being um, and being in it from an empowered and embodied place. Mm, lots of juicy stuff in there. <laughs> does that make I sense? Because I ramble. It's, I ramble no, a lot. It absolutely does make sense. And and what I'm pulling out of that, obviously, all the nuggets around, you know, the like breaking down the layers that have been put upon us when it comes to money. I'm also seeing, you know, knowing you as long as I've known you. You know, you were a relationship coach, you worked in codependency, you worked in like, you've worked in a lot of different areas. And one of my questions for you is going to be like, how did you get here to money specifically being the thing? But one thing I absolutely love about you is you can see your passion for whatever you're talking about, because it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're talking <laughs> about relationships or money or codependency or life or, um, you know, mindset or self-worth or all of it, because it's all connected. And it's yes. a topic you're working through, you go to the root of it. Yeah. That's the coolest part. You And I know there's a story on YouTube and I think it's like in your email and stuff, like the vine yes. story where you talk about the vine and it's like really getting to the root of the problem. And ultimately what I'm, what I'm hearing and what I'm picking up from what you're sharing is like the root of the problem for any problem, whether it's money, relationship, codependency, <laughs> self-worth, all of it, it, like the root is kind of the same, right? It's, it's all it's like to, my secret is out. Yeah. <laughs> Your That's secret it. is out. I just broke that down. <laughs> no, but it's so true. Like the root, it, it all goes back to the root, which is, you know, generational trauma. It's going like back to our own versions of trauma from childhood, from adolescence, from like whatever part of our lives. Mm -hmm. That's the stuff we need to look at. That's what we need to peel back and look at regardless of what you think you're healing in your world. It all goes down to that. So if you think it's a money issue, looking at different aspects of the wounds and the healing and the trauma and the past and the present and all of the layers that go into it, you know, it, it could actually surface a different problem altogether, right? Or, or a different thing that you are are actually working through healing. So mm -hmm. I love that you focus on the root. I mean, mm -hmm. I know you're a, a embodiment wealth coach and you work on on that specifically right now, but really you're just a like soul coach. Yes. <laughs> you're and, a soul and that's coach. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And that's the reality is that like, if, just to be super transparent, so much of this has to go into marketing, right? Like how do people, I help people really uncover and action and, and um, put into action their soul's deepest desire, like period. And so whether we access that through, I want a relationship coach or a financial coach or a holistic coach or a strategic life coach, it kind of doesn't matter because it's all connected. As you know, though, in the coaching industry, there tends to be like, there are some like, and actually a lot of really magnificent, high integrity, high impact coaches, like a lot. 
And there are probably so many more that are not in integrity, that their marketing is so good that the medium kind of gets lost in the message, right? Like the message sounds great, but they can't really deliver and they can't really follow through. And I find that personally and viscerally offensive. So for me, I I was finding that like I was just kind of trying to be everything to everyone. And that worked for a period of my early business, but that doesn't work to take my own business and my own impact, the people that I want to serve to the next level. And so for me, it's like nobody in coaching makes a guarantee. And if I'm using finances, holistic wealth, wealth EQ as that kind of front door, like, oh, I, I actually really need that in my life. I can help people achieve an actual measurable result. And I'm happy to put like a literal money back guarantee behind it because I'm so confident in the nature of our work together. If somebody comes to work with me because they want um, a relationship, we're doing, honestly, we're doing most of the same tools and most of the same exercises. I can't guarantee that you're going to meet the love of your life within a 10 month container. That's that's not up to me. (laughs) With money... I can still, I can't guarantee you're going to feel a hundred percent better in your self-worth, although like I kind of can, but <laughs> like I can guarantee that if you're already at a six figure um, uh, earning point, I can teach you how to double that in less than a year. And I feel so confident behind that, that it's just, it's such a no brainer. And for me to be in full integrity with what I want to focus on and what I want to help other people focus on, that feels like the most natural entry point for the kind of woman that I also want to work with. Yeah, absolutely. And being a magnet for for those people, right? And I feel like that's sort of how how we found each other. Like the publishing industry yeah. and the coaching industry are so similar in that yes. there's no real accreditation system behind it. There's no um, you know, integrity, of course, but it's personal integrity. There's no sort of like, oh, I'm a a member of the coaches federation or whatever. And if if there is you know, people can question nobody it cares. because it might not be. Exactly. Yeah, nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's like it's one more thing you can buy your way into. You exactly. Know? And, and you know, it's the same with publishing. So I, I find that, you know, finding, and you know, from working with us with your books, and I know from like working with you and in, in mentorship and other areas, it's like, it, you need to find people that have that integrity. That's not something yeah. that you can buy or that comes in the way of like numbers or letters behind your name or degrees or years of schooling or whatever. It comes with the soul knowing that you're doing the work that you were put here on this planet to do. And the soul knowing that you as a person of integrity, as a woman of integrity, as a business owner of integrity, that you will leverage all of the tools you have available to you and continue to grow your knowledge and continue to be a student of the world and, you know, continue to apply your learnings and your tools to your practice. And I think that's really what it's all about when it comes to, you know, your soul seed. And this is where, you know, the inspiration for this podcast and this new branding and all of these things came from. It's like, it's like planting a seed. You plant the seeds. And in order for a seed to grow, you need to nourish it. You need to give it appropriate light. You need to give it the right environment. You need to, you know, love it, like literally love it (laughs) in order for it to grow and sprout and blossom. And sometimes you'll recognize that there's toxicity in the environment. So you, you move over here to a place Mm -hmm. that's less toxic, or, you know, sometimes you'll notice that you're not getting the right nourishment 
And that's when you make the changes. So to me, when it comes to comparing business or branding or whatever we're talking mm-hmm. about to like what soul seed is, that's exactly it. It's planting yeah. those seeds, nourishing the seeds with your own education, with your own experience and continuing to do so forever because we never really arrive, right? <laughs> we're always growing. <laughs> we're always blossoming. We're always expanding. And, you know, I love, I, I read your definition here of soul seeds and it's the whisper of knowing what you want and knowing you want it for a reason. Its purpose is unique to each of us and lays out the invisible framework for what we are meant to soulfully pursue. All we have to do is trust. So I love that so much because that is exactly what I think my definition is mm-hmm. as well. So it's a question that we ask everyone coming on the show, like, what does it mean to you? And I just thank you so eloquently and beautifully, like every word that comes out of your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you put it out there. So we, we're trying to keep these episodes to, you know, under 30 minutes because that's, yep. that's what people want. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so I'd love for, you, for us to close out by um, just sharing you know, a, a gold nugget of like how to nourish that soul seed. Like how, like what do you, what would you say you've done through your experience to really support your growth in, uh-huh. in what you do that can relate to other people? I trusted myself. Mm. Period. Yeah. And you know, mm. we were talking just before the show started, like that's what you're doing too, right? It's like everybody else thinks I am crazy, but I know what I know and I have to just follow what I know. And even if I like fall in that process, I trust myself to get back up and try it again or try it in a different way. The the consistent, man, like the most consistent thing I can say about like my own experience and watching all of my clients' experience is like when you trust yourself, you cannot go wrong. So true. Self-trust. And I, I, I think just to add on to that question like and I know this isn't a a yes or no answer it's probably (laughs) layers deep and could be a whole episode in itself but how do you cultivate that self-trust like what's what's like the one easiest way I know there's no secret (laughs) sauce or like easy button or magic magic thing that you can do but if, if you were to start the process of really understanding and learning how to trust yourself what would you where would you start honestly it's just practice mm-hmm. it's you know I was working with a client this morning and we came up with like a, a a mantra or an affirmation kind of like a litmus test question for her um to ask herself before every decision am I doing this for myself or am I doing this for others like am I doing this because mm-hmm. I want to do it or am I doing it because other people think I should be doing it and that's a great place to start because if you just even just by drawing the awareness to asking yourself that question before you make a decision interrupts any old patterns of codependency, people pleasing, like needing to be in the should show of life, allowing yourself to ask that question and then act in a way that allows you to do something for yourself because you believe it's the right thing to do. That is a muscle that requires flexing and and practicing and training and over time it just gets stronger but that and so it's like a one word answer that is much more subtext but it's just practice trusting yourself yeah so like practice moving away from comparison moving away from exactly fear of judgment yeah for sure 
because that's it. I think yeah. it was you that once said to to me, and it was in a totally different context, totally different yeah. time, like different lifetime almost. But you said something <laughs> like, "You you wouldn't have a plumber um, design your website or something of that yes. context." And it's like you know, you you stay in your lane. Just yeah. you know, you know your business. You know your soul. You mm-hmm. know you know viscerally, physically you know, somatically, you know, what feels good for you and always trusting those full nudges instead of, you know, comparing and doing what somebody else thinks is the shoulds and what you mm-hmm. believe is right or what so-and-so is doing over there Completely. and like really staying in your own lane and following mm-hmm. those nudges and those whispers and all of the good juicy stuff, even when it feels yes. terrifying. Totally <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> my best decisions always come out of that like good barf feeling where it's like oh god I'm gonna throw up oh no I know that I have to do it now (laughs) love it so great so if our audience wants to come find you where's the best place and I'll put all this in the show notes as well but how can we get how can we track you down Lise Leasewilcox.com is the best place. L E I S S E W I L C O X, and then everywhere else, I'm I'm at Lise Wilcox. So Instagram, LinkedIn is becoming more active, and Pinterest too. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I I just love our conversations. <laughs> Me too. And I just love how how connected we've been over the years, and it's it's just yeah. it made so much sense to have you on the show as one of the first episodes. And I'm so I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. <laughs> so fun. Okay, Thanks, well, <laughs> thank you.